Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of The Basement Binge, the very next episode here in James Bond week as I am preparing for No Time to Die. I'm very excited for No Time to Die, so and I'm extremely excited to be talking about Skyfall. Of all the films in this James Bond journey that I've been excited for, this is the one that I've been excited for the most. I went to go see Skyfall years ago in theaters when it came out and loved it, even though I hardly understood any of it. So now knowing all the leads up to it makes it so much richer, continuing with what this series has been doing great, which is giving James Bond actual motion and character growth. The story here is fantastic as well, just extremely well written. The screenplay is tight and packed, everything from the winding up of events, but also just the lines. Bond is quippy, and some of the lines he says are a bit silly, not just Bond, but all the characters, but most of them are just genuinely magnificent lines, and the performances behind them are even better. Judy Dench plays M so well with this intense stoicism that I love. Daniel Craig as a soulless, broken killer isn't far behind, and then Javier Bardem. I have never once forgotten his name because of this portrayal as a Bond villain. This film has some fantastic acting, which I was not expecting to get in a Bond film, and that was something that having revisited it now really surprised me how great these performances really are. Then the cinematography. It feels like I genuinely could talk about the cinematography forever, so I'm going to kind of limit myself because Roger Deakins, I love him and his work. That opening shot is remarkable, and it gets better and better as the film goes on. He uses light and blocking it just incredibly. It's at its best here. In a James Bond movie of all places, I love everything about the camera work from the way that the camera moves to blocking and lighting and composition, which I already expressed, and also just you know, composition, the way that shots are framed, it's, it's just fantastic to watch visually. And then you get a fantastic edit to go along with that. It's the exact opposite of everything that happened in Quantum of Solace. And not just in the action, it's smooth and fluid throughout the entire film. Its use of J and L cuts are used so well. The way it uses sound to transition is super smooth. 
this film genuinely should be watched in editing classes. It's just perfectly done, especially with the use of the score and sound and music and how all that plays a part in the film. And then the second using as well, responsible for the action, that is just fantastic as well. I mean, obviously that's true for the case of the edit being super smooth. The action is clear and, and filmed exceptionally well. This film visually is fantastic to watch. From start to finish, it's a movie and it is well made. And then it's also a fantastic James Bond story. And it doesn't feel trapped within the genre of Bond while also being some of the best work this genre has ever done. It's kind of interesting. Over on Matt Goes to the Movies podcast, which you should check out if you haven't already, we've been reviewing the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And recently we were doing the review for At World's End. And in that, I was saying that that is the best of the series, that everything about Pirates is at its best. There, The music, the cinematography, the production design, the performances, all of it is at its best. And that is the exact same words I would use to describe Skyfall. Of all things Bond, this is the best. The, the cinematography, and not just like being beautiful images, which it definitely is, but also that the way that it's used to portray the character of Bond and the, the intensity of him and the action and the, the mourning of the characters here. It's fantastic. The music here is incredible. The acting I already mentioned, just everything about it is at its best. Skyfall is genuinely a masterpiece. It also has the best Bond opening song of any of the Bond films. So it's really just great to watch. So with that, really, let's get into the spoilers. I can't talk about much else without getting into those spoilers. Before we get on to the rest of the segment, remember that I am giving away those two $10 gift cards. Leave a review on Podchaser for that. Um, until October 15th, you have. I'm just going to pick two individuals who leave a review on Podchaser. The reason I pick Podchaser is it just allows me to see the reviews most simply and consistently. Or if you're not into Podchaser, you can also follow me on social media. All the places you can follow me linked in the show notes. If you share the show and tag me so I can see, that also gives you an entry as well. But giving away two $10 movie gift cards, either to a movie theater or a video on demand service of your choice. With that out of the way, let's move on to the very next segment here, Pick Your Poison. And so if this is your first episode of the James Bond Week, just know going into this, this doesn't have all the segments like normal just because of the amount of episodes I'm releasing can't have as long as episodes can't have as much time to create them anyway pick your poison this is the ranking scale here the basement binge was all based off how would we interact with the film after watching it bottom of the list never watch it again very straightforward above that is to stream it it's on a service that you're already paying for and you're just looking for something to watch so you'd watch it above that rent it pay a few dollars and when you're in the mood watch it and top of the list buy it, watch it as many times as you want. With all that being said, this film is definitely a buy for me. I mean, like, were you not listening to me in the two cents? I'm, I love watching this film. I'm probably going to be re-watching it next week. So that was a short section. Let's move on to the next segment, least and likes. My least favorite scene and my favorite scene. My least favorite scene is a scene that I'm going to talk about a little bit more in Live Up, but it's the scene with uh, Severine, I think is her name, the girl who's uh, connected to Silva. And in the shower on the boat, it just makes me uncomfortable. I mean, she was a child prostitute. She's probably got severe PTSD and is living in constant fear. And granted, James Bond is like her savior, someone who's potentially going to save her from this nasty world she's involved in. And it's just, he's totally taking advantage of her um, because of that. And it's just, it's just an uncomfortable scene. Um, I'll talk more about that and live up, but least favorite scene right there. I mean, for that scene, though, it is, again, the cinematography and blocking there is fantastic. I love the use of silhouettes in this film. My goodness, to talk about another scene that's definitely not my least favorite scene and isn't my favorite because my favorite comes later, but I do just want to talk about it. That's that 
that I think it's like almost 10 minutes, that silent pushing of Bond and uh, Pietra, I think is his name, with like the jellyfish light in the background. You know what I'm talking about? And there's just silhouettes. There's no words. It's just a slow pushing. And then at the very end, the only words spoken by Bond are, who, who are you working for? It's just fantastic the way that it's shot. I'm, they, they could literally be slapping each other with fish for all we know, and it would be intense to watch because of the way that it's filmed. It's fantastic filmmaking. So let's talk about my favorite scene with that. It, it is hard to pick one scene, so I'm just going to take it easy and say the entire ending of the film at Skyfall. The lighting slowly getting darker with night while also being actually visible because the master himself, Roger Deakins, just is fantastic. And then we get this explosive fire and the use of orange and lighting and then the ice and the blocking and the action of the characters, the way that Javier Bardem plays Silva with this intense recklessness while also this intense control. It's fantastic. The way that the film allows itself to be a home alone version of James Bond at his his parents old mansion is just fantastic it it's so kind of silly if you explain it that way but it's so serious in the way that it means something for all of the characters involved all of these individuals involved but the way that it's shot and composed and edited is just intense it is a great ending to the film to watch i just i knew it was coming the entire film and i couldn't wait for it like i said i saw the film Years ago in theaters, I had a friend take me. I'd never seen a James Bond movie before. And even not getting the majority of that film, that ending I enjoyed because it was just so well done. And even more so now as my understanding and appreciation for film and all that goes into creating it grows, it's just exceptionally well made. I, it, having more and more of Sam Mendes' work in my mind, especially him and Roger Deakins together, he's got this great control over editing that I actually really am learning to appreciate, and it's definitely there at the end of the film. So for the many reasons I've expressed, I'd have to pick the ending as my favorite, but I think that that's just kind of a given. I mean, the way that we get the music and, and the somberness of it and the seriousness of it as they drive that beautiful Aston Martin DB5 through the highlands of Scotland, you know, my goodness, it's, it's just beautifully well done. So surprisingly so far, this episode has actually been really quick. I thought this was going to be one of the longest because I enjoy this film so much. I thought I would have so much to say, but you know, we're just moving right along to the next segment, Live Up. This segment, aptly named, is where I talk about my expectations for the film and this, if it was able to live up to them. This is also the last segment of the James Bond week episodes, again, for the purpose of time. So again, I've mentioned this a bunch so far. I hardly understood the film when I went to go see it in theaters. I liked the action. I loved watching it, but I'd never seen a Bond film before, so there was a lot of weirdness to it. I mean, he dies in like the first 10 minutes or so. How are you supposed to understand that? I, I was really, really kind of confused. And then you get these crazy visuals as Adele sings, and if you're new to that, it's a bit shocking. Like, it's, it's great now. I love it. It's, I can wait for it to start. But that was an intense first interaction with it. I just, I had no idea what was going on. So now understanding it and understanding the loss and hardening of Bond that, that, that he's gone through up to this point, it all makes it better. I can appreciate the weirdness for what it is in its masterful creation. 
it didn't exceed my expectations though to answer the question of the segment. It met them right where they were, like nail on the head, which is impressive because my expectations for this were extremely high after Casino Royale. And, and it's interesting watching this film, knowing those things, because Bond is just a hardened killer who doesn't much care for anyone, and then he dies. Or so the world says. And he's bitter and totally alone. And Bond sees himself as totally soulless. He lost so much of his soul, so to speak, as a young boy when his parents died, and then lost even more of it as a killer. And then what was left of it, he gave to Vesper willingly, and that was just absolutely destroyed. So you understand the desolation of a man who gave little of what soul he thought he had to someone just to be stabbed in the back right to his heart. James is here to simply get the job done. That's what he's trying to do. That's what motivates him. And that's ultimately what brings him back. The, f- the power of the film, though, is how it makes James and also the audience along with him work through all of the trauma and heartache and feel for something and someone again to be motivated by something beyond his skill for government-sanctioned violence. He goes back to the place he first lost. Skyfall. He faces it all at Skyfall, to quote the beautiful song by Adele. Not just faces Silva and all of his henchmen, but faces all of the difficulty, all of the trauma, all of the heartache at Skyfall. He overcomes this childhood trauma and the way that it's affected him up to this point from losing his parents by losing his mom. It pulls him back to the surface, back to a good place to be. Bond is here. He's just as skilled and just as dangerous, but once again, he's aware of what this really is for. And I just hope that Spectre is able to continue that story because I've been absolutely loving it. And I love that that story is so tight here in Skyfall and told in such a really unique way, letting Bond die and choose to come back and be hardened by the abandonment he feels for being shot. And how that is all just wrapped up so perfectly with everything else that goes into filmmaking. And I, I'm really, I'm not expecting Spectre to be anything near Skyfall. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to have to follow this up. But I have trust that it's still going to carry that along well. And then I love how the film gives us the other version of this in Silva. He has got too much emotion in him. Where Bond really was trying to prevent the emotion from affecting him and really cut himself off from it, Silva lets it all in and it's all twisted up in some strange PTSD combined with rage and hate and he wants vengeance because he was abandoned understandably so but by the time the film ends I don't think he even knows if he wants to marry or kill him I mean it, it's just twisted up in the most evil way and we get the extreme between him and Bond on opposite ends Bond on one end trying to fight the hurt of it all to carry the burden of this killing without letting it show while the other goes all in on that hurt, all into the burden, and becomes this evil killing machine set on revenge. To use the lines of the film, they are the last two rats who now only eat rat. Forged by the same pressure, one cracked, the other one didn't. I mean, he was close, but he didn't crack. And then lastly, I just want to talk about how... And I just think it's unique to get those types of things in a Bond film. And I love that it's there, that it, this isn't just, you know, 
Bond versus the bad guy, that there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of subtext to the journey and struggle that both of them are having and the, and the, the fight between them. It's fantastic. And so lastly, I just want to talk about how the film that is supposed to be celebrating 50 years of 007 is probably the most anti-Bond Bond movie of all time, while still having respect for the entire legacy that is there. This film is just entirely devoid of gadgets. I mean, they're there, but they're really kind of low-tech. They are fun, and I love the way that the gadgets are used, both with like the, the uh, palm print pistol. I love that scene with the Komodo dragon. I, I, I love how James Bond like points at the dragon and freaks out fantastic scene but by the end of the film it goes to incredibly low tech with sawed off shotguns but the way that that low tech is used is still full of great ingenuity that it does feel like gadgets it it feels like this fits in a bond film where you got things to work for your advantage you got an eject button in your car well here we got uh, exploding light bulbs so to speak uh, rigged with ziploc bags And then we also get things like the great Aston Martin DB5. And when you see the car, they play the Bond theme underneath. And even if you didn't know that that was a Bond car, you know now. And it isn't about the car. It's about Bond and M on the run. But the respect is there to throw in the theme and with the car and have it be a little bit more than just a car, to have it mean something. And also the fun to add in things like an eject button and the headlight guns and to have them be there. You know, have them not be the prime focus, not have them be some MacGuffin or some checkoff button or whatever it needs to be. It's just existing in the world along with them. But then also they blow up the car a few minutes later. So I guess nothing's really safe. And then we have the villain as well. He's probably the most Bondy villain you've seen. He's motivated completely by revenge and full of sinister plans to make that revenge happen. I mean, just years and years of evil work and planning just to get back in one person. And he's got the lines and the line delivery to go along with it. But you also kind of understand the guy. I mean, this man was abandoned. He clearly is not okay because of it. That PTSD is mixed up all inside him in the weirdest way. And Javier Bardem plays Silva with constant annoyance at Bond for getting in his way. And it's just fantastic the way that 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 would be an attribute of this villain. I mean, that shot, that long shot of Silva walking towards Bond on the island is just fantastic filmmaking altogether. But it does not seem like this is something we would get out of a Bond villain. Like, Bond villains are supposed to be taking over the world, strapping Bond to a table with lasers, just to be punched in the face a few minutes later. It's just so Bondy, while being the exact opposite of what I have come to expect, even not seeing the films. And, And maybe that's why, maybe I'm speaking totally naively here, but it seems like it, it really is unique. But it's mostly the most, that was repetitive, anti-Bond film in its portrayal of that character, James Bond. He's, he's full of charisma and charm here, but you're not entirely okay with it. You feel remorse at everything from the sex to the killing to the loss to everything there there's a greater cause here with a lot of collateral damage you see him to go back to that scene i talked about in my least favorite scene in that steamy shower and you know that bond somehow is the elixir of lust for everyone around him but you see the flaw in the man who chooses to use people so quickly it's bond as he always has been but now it's uncomfortable and it feels wrong we have a fantastic scene earlier in the series just two films ago that i talked about 
with Bond in the shower in Casino Royale, which is totally different. I mean, the characters have their clothes on. Totally different interaction, where in this film, it's the opposite. And it's not motivated by care and by emotion. It's motivated by someone who doesn't care. And it allows you to feel that lack of care in an appropriate way. And it just lays it all out there, flaws and all, and lets it be part of the legacy. And it's fantastic. It breaks the tropes down into something worthwhile. It understands the weight of the ideas that we've had about this character and his skills for 50 years and uses them to tell a story focused on individuals being broken down, centered around M and Bond caring for each other. And I love that that's what brings Bonds back through the hardening that he's had into someone who we see so carelessly take advantage of people and take people out as he needs. We see him come back by realizing he does care and, and understanding once again what he really is fighting for. It's just a fantastic film. Talking about it right now makes me want to watch it again. It, it is a fantastic film. So I'm excited. Going to see No Time to Die. Looking forward to that. Subscribe to The Basement Binge for that episode coming really soon. These James Bonds episodes have been a blast. So once again, this is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.